Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. the wise men say podcast in what could be the last monday pod of the season i think we said that last week as well and we're still here with the dream still alive as sunderland not only make the playoffs but to take a 2-1 advantage to kenilworth road for the second leg midweek so we'll talk about that and we'll talk about the like mintness that was saturday how's that for an eloquent word to throw in there I don't even know if it is a word. Um, Not the worst word you've ever made up, to be fair. <laughs> have a good go. Have a good go at these things. Um, right, so join myself, Stephen Goldsmith. Here's Gareth Bark, as always. Hello. Um, and we have uh, Mickey Loffers as well. Evening, Mick. I am, I, evening, Miss. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Go and check Mick's uh, blog out on our website, if you haven't read it already. Um, oh, ignore completely. Blog? Are we saying blog now? Are we still oh, saying blog? Have we moved on from, from blog? Can we say blog? I don't know. It's a blog, isn't it? Oh, what again, it's been called a, my oh, content's a, been a, called a, a lot piece, worse. Though. A piece was the thing that the, the trade used to call them, wasn't it? I don't know. Um, go and check it's it out. Take a look uh, at Michael's piece. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes, absolutely. Make of that what you will. Um I completely ignore Rory Fallows because he didn't use our uh, website for it. Um, nah, really good. Check that out as well. Um, and uh, two really good pieces on just the elation that we, we felt on Saturday. Uh, the voice you heard there um, encouraging you to look at mixed piece was um, former Sunderland player coach, David Priest. What, Made it sound like you were playing a coach at the same time when you weren't. Like, obviously, different spells, but, you know, yeah. just... Very far apart. And, and, and may, I, may I say to Michael, what a very nice piece he's got. <laughs> Stephen's just uh, choking the death there. You know, it, 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 he's choking on Mick's piece. <laughs> right. We, we, we need to move away from this with some haste now. Um, that's, what, that's what they all say. <laughs> that, was, that was the line there, that was. Um Right, okay. So, loads to get through then. Um, before we 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 started recording now, Mick was just saying he's starting to feel nervous. So, I want to go around and say how people, firstly, we, we will get on the loot and we'll look back at the game, but I just want to see, um, get a sense of mood amongst us all. So, Mick said he's nervous. I'm still relatively relaxed about this because it's still quite surreal that we're here. How are you feeling, Gareth? What's your mental yeah. state? I'm not, well, I wasn't mentally prepared for the playoffs anyway. So still don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. Um, Like, just weird. Feels like we've just been airdropped in at the end. This is the Because there was no pressure. It felt like there was just no pressure on the season all the way through. But then it was like, well, we might get in. And then we got in. Now we're in. And we've won the first leg. <laughs> and they're going, I'm looking at Boreham Wood Travel Lodge going, hmm. That's where I'm. That's where I am at the moment. So, yeah, that's it's a. It's just weird. I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I mean, we were talking before. It's kind of like it's happening, and it's happening to us rather than it, it's just weird. I can't explain it. Is, is this like? Thing. I don't want to hark back too much because when you know when we had um, Jack on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he and he kind of sort of remind us how young he is and made us realise sometimes when we like hark back to the Peter Reid days and that like some people who'll be listening will just 
won't have any recollection of that whatsoever. Stroke weren't born. And um but tell us if I'm right here, this feels almost like when Peter Reid took us to Premier League and we were second to Christmas, where we were like, we got done 4 0 on the first day at Chelsea, and everybody was just like, right, we just need to try and stop this season. We were still scarred from being relegated the, the previous two times we were in the top flight. And then we just went and we just smashed everybody, didn't we? We were like, turn up at, at like Stamford Bridge and the, you know, the following season when we beat them 4 2, and we were just rolling teams over. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the mental state's a bit like that. Because there was no expectation on that at all. It was kind yeah. of just like, well, this is this is nice, isn't it? Didn't expect this to happen. My first year in the Premier League under Reed. Sorry, well, not the first year, the second time. Second one. Um, yeah, it was a bit similar. I remember going to the games that saying, "Oh, you know, we play whoever Tottenham or Man United, whoever," and you'd be going, "Well, probably lose today, but you know, the team will have a go, and then we'll get a result," like you say, but. Just slightly different. This feels like the lowest. This is the lowest. It's been the lowest pressure season I can remember for a long time. And because we got, we we just never looked like we we're going to be fighting out at the bottom, which was our fear at the start of the season. Because you always think, well, if you come up from most teams who come up from League One, especially who the playoffs will struggle to to stay up. Um, and instead, we've become the what second highest place finish of a team who got promoted from League One in the last decade, is it? So, um, yeah, bit bit weird. You won't feel nerves, David, as a as a professional. You guys, oh, don't... <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. But when Gareth asked me to come on last week, <clears throat> I thought about tweeting about what I thought would what, what was going to happen, just so people had the receipts. Because <laughs> it, it, even before the game Saturday, I just thought, and I still think it now that there's and I. And I Apologise for people who are thinking that I'm I'm going to jinx it, but I just couldn't see them not get promoted after everything that's happened and all you know, sent offs being out, everyone being injured, everything is just adapted every single game. And, and you keep saying about these important players being out. Of course, Big Roscoe's a massive miss, as with Corey and two sent offs as well. But the most important players this season have been Ahmad. Patrick Roberts, um, Clarky, and as long as they're still there, the, the team's always going to be a threat. And I think with that threat, you know, them being on the pitch as well, I think everyone else, else in the, I mean, I wasn't there on Saturday, and I've not been there at all this season. But it just feels like once you, if you've got those on the pitch, then there's always hope, and there's always excitement, and and it transfers to the to the stands and just leads to all this positivity that's around, like. Yeah, well, when we went a goal down, um, and then Luton had a spell, didn't they? Um, we started quite well. We went goal behind, and then they had a spell. I don't think I can ever remember an atmosphere at home when that's happened, where the fans have stuck with the players to that extent, and not just stuck with them, but really like try to turn it around and do their bit. Yeah, well, I thought the atmosphere was again that might be the best. I've and at the stadium that I remember, including the derbies, Chelsea, three two, um, Everton, you know, Ever- on, yeah. Everton. But that was it. It was different. I don't know. It felt different. It was the chef, chef weird one last year. Runs runs. I don't course. know. I don't know. I don't know if because again, it's like I mean, Dave will be able to comment on this. I mean, in League One, it's so many times before. In League One, it's like every week, if you lose, it's the worst defeat in your history. Like that's how it feels every week, and it's an embarrassment. And like, we're like, we're like, obviously, on trying to get in there, the, the top six, you know, last season, just to get, just have a chance of get promoted. Like the automatics were finished, um, and we had to put in promotion like we had to put in championship form just to finish fifth and the pressure on every game you know like you that's had to right win every I, I agree week. with that and, but and I think that's... the fact it was Sheffield Wednesday and it was a hard draw yeah and like they, think... they, they, the, the size of their club and everything as well it was like that I remember thinking last after that game I've never seen atmosphere for years here but I just think, it was, think there was a different there was a, it was different though there was, there was more tension in it I felt like it was that 
it was like that. We had to we had to win because we can't be in we can't be in League One. Whereas this was almost like a party atmosphere mixed with you know something else. It was just, it was just a very surreal experience. I thought it was like an amazing experience to be there and have it. But I mean, I'm interested to see what like David's thoughts kind of are on like obviously being there last year and having that. Promotion is not anything other than promotion is a failure out of League One, and having that there, and then knowing some of the players that were—I mean, a lot of the players who played on on Saturday—it's most of the team <laughs> were the team yeah. that got promoted last year. So, well, I mean, I mean, I mean for, for, from the club's perspective, especially when they were recruiting last season. You know, it was always in mind with you recruiting players with the talent and the, the potential to to succeed in this division as well. So there was there was also, I mean, likes of Pritch coming in, you know, you've been there, seen it, done it, and Danny Batten, people like that. But I think probably the difference was because there been so many, there's been some ups and downs, sort of performance and results wise in the season that, we, you know, we'd always trip ourselves up every now and again. And then going into that, yeah, we had, we had a great run going into, but like, I don't think there was like, it's not like we stormed through those last sort of 15, 16 games and like dominated all the games of possession and um, and they were all convincing games. So going into that and it was, a, I think it was a, a case of everyone trying to create the right atmosphere for, for, the, for the players and, and just for the whole club to try and carry them across the line, where this time I think it's a little bit different. I think now it's all a little less, I'm not saying it was contrived, maybe it's the wrong word, but it just it's all natural and it's all like a natural positivity rather than, you know, everyone making the big efforts to make sure that, you know, the, it, the, the players are supporting, giving them the atmosphere and make sure that other teams intimidated as well. Now it's just, like, it's all natural because it's, it's, um, I try to, it's organic. That's what it is, you know. Because of what's happened on the pitch, the results that I had, and that, like you said, the bit of a surprise element about about being there, it just all seems really natural. It certainly does. Should we run through some of the individual performances? This is when you look at like this team now. There's not one player at the moment, and, and you know, it could just be form in some cases, you know, but. There's not one player who looks like they're out of the depth or like we're carrying or anything. And I mean, Pierre Equa's performance was just sensational, I thought. Just yeah. so, so good on Saturday. I think this is where um, like Tony Mowbray, um, like the job he's done has just been absolutely outstanding because I think the the spirit and the belief he's fostered within the the group has clearly been absolutely fantastic. Um, and Equa just exemplifies that. He didn't, chuck them in like early doors. He kind of brought them on off the bench and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that his early performances were anything to write home about. And in fact, he was quite poor on occasion. But I think with Ekwar, it's always been quite clear. We had the tools to be a good player. Um, he's very, he's um, always like had a decent range of passing. Obviously, he's very physically imposing, but he kind of tried to play the game at an under-23's pace, which is completely understandable because that was all he played up until that point. But now he's just growing in confidence every week and Ekwar himself pointed out that he gave away a penalty against Hull. Then Mowbray turned around and started them against Cardiff, where I think that was his first kind of a like really good, decent performance for the club. And he's just grown from there. But on Saturday, what I was really pleased with was the fact that Luton, they were so well organised out of possession in that first half. And obviously, we don't have a natural target man to hit. So it was very difficult for us to break that press and get out. But what Ekwar did, he just got the ball and he drove us 20 yards forward constantly, getting us up the pitch and then playing these passes. And what is really good is a little intricate through balls to break the lines and stuff. So I think he was absolutely outstanding and arguably my man of the match. I mean, there's quite a few candidates for that, but I think his kind of rise just exemplifies, like I say, is how good Mowbray is at managing these young players and getting the group to believe in themselves. And for a lad who's never played any senior football before January, I think it's absolutely remarkable to see his progress. And I think the point I want to make as well, we talk about the atmosphere, what I would liken it to, is the days where um, under Roy King, when he came in, there wasn't really that much expectation on the season. It was like, right, okay, we'll bottom after five games. Let's just consolidate. And then all of a sudden, we get a January and we've done okay. And then it's like, 
oh, we're actually on the fringe of the playoffs. Oh, now we've got a chance of a title. And like David pointed out earlier, this just kind of organic spirit kind of grew around the club and around Sunderland itself. And I think that's quite similar now. But back then, that was due to Roy Keane's force of personality. But I think what it is now is the fact that these young players were just such a joy to watch. And the play with, again, like a purity and the, the whole thing, like David said, just feels really natural and really organic. And for me as a fan, like I started going in 2003. And then um, this is the most as I say, I think like natural kind of a like good experience I've had with Sunderland where there's not the pressure to get out of the league or to stay up, but we've kind of just keep on them um, outperforming where we're supposed to be. And it's just been an absolute pleasure to watch. And I hope that can continue in tomorrow night and play with the same kind of fearless energy that we've played with in the weeks that's just preceded us. I think they've got, they just uh, seem like a really like nice group of lads, don't they? Like just seem like nice, grounded genuine you know you when you hear like someone like Hume or Clark speak and you think you know you're you know, hear footballer interviews 10 15 years ago it's a different like a completely different perspective that they're giving on the game the way they talk about it and are you saying they can string a sentence together and no just, in the 90s couldn't no just they just seem a lot they just seem I mean I mean David said about the 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 whole thing's quite an organic thing. It's just a gen. It's just a very genuine when you see them, and I think you get that because obviously the way the managers got them, the way the coaches have got them, you know, to to be that way and express themselves, just be be yourself. That seems to be like the 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 feeling, and that that's on the pitch as well. They they are themselves, you know. Uh- and in it, you just get that, and you can see, you can see the the way they're just so individual. Yet, as a unit, they are, you know, they've been very difficult, uh, very difficult to handle. Um, and, and and it's just really just refreshing. Do, do you know what it is? Uh, one of the main reasons for that, and for them being able to do that, is the dressing room itself, because. Maybe not so much in my time there, but speaking to people and about sort of like the previous couple of seasons in um, in League One, there was probably a, a bit of a toxic um, faction in the dressing room, and that inhibits people. And I think somebody like Luke O'Nine's a perfect example. I think somebody like him coming in the dressing room, who's the way that he is, so positive, wants to do everything right, wants to improve to a point where. He's got so much going on that he's trying to improve. He does not, you know, if something does work, you don't know what it is, you know, whether it's to do with his sleeping, whether it's to do with um, any kind of sort of new fitness thing that he can look at to make him a, a fitter player. Sometimes people like that can be inhibited by other characters because the scene is being busy. I think, you know, that was a bit of a nickname for him when he first came in. And and I think he spoke about that. I, I think I've seen something on his Instagram that way. He, he spoke in public about that. And I think once you've got an atmosphere and an environment where players are coming into, and it's so much easier for them to um, to be included. It's an inclusive atmosphere, so it's so much easier for you for these younger players to come and express themselves. Because and especially in training, I'm not saying people don't sort of. Um, uh, try and strive high standards, you know. So, but sometimes somebody who's mourning is just mourning. They're not. They're not sort of trying to make somebody better, trying to make somebody um, work harder or, or perform better. They're just mourning. And once you've got characters like that away from the club, and you've just got players who generally just want to do well and and try to push each other, this is exactly what you get right now. Reflecting on that insight, it's fascinating. You can tell us off air who you're talking about. Um, so, um, uh, talk to me, uh, David, about um, Trey Hume because he came last season. He, we, we, you know, we. I think he did. He play against Sheffield Wednesday last year. I think he did, didn't he? Because possibly um, I got that wrong. I, can't, I think he, I don't know. I don't know if he did. I don't. You might not have even been in the squad for the final. I can't remember. I thought maybe he played in the. In the, in, I remember him playing against. I don't know. I think he played in the Rotherham game at Didn't left he? back. I think yeah, I remember. I was. I always think he played left back at some point towards the end of the season. Yeah. But anyway, he was always like sort of. <clears throat> I know, but there wasn't an expectation or a judgment on him because we knew exactly what we were getting—a young lad who had the potential. But even at the start of this season, I don't think anybody could have saw the projection 
that he's had, and he's obviously scored the second goal to put us in front, David. What were your early impressions of him? And are you, are you surprised at how quickly his star has risen? I, I, I'm not surprised at all, but, but the way that he has adapted, especially this season, to the level coming from you know, sort of Northern Irish football has just been incredible. But I know that Stu Harvey, he was the one who really pushed for him. He was one who he was, you know, he he was, you know, when he before he came in, he's telling us about him and just sort of like talking about him so highly and saying like, you know, that what he'd be capable of be a great asset. But when he first came to the club, he probably was, you see, well, especially a lot of younger players initially, everything's a little bit too much for them. It's a little bit too physical. It's a little bit too. Everything's moving a little bit too quickly. You're adjusting to a new environment. You've got to give them time to to, to bed in, and sort of. Um, the last, but that, that that was a point of bringing him in, sort of January last season. That you know, so he would be bedded in for this season, and then. Um, but you just see that he's caught in. in he, after his initial sort of few weeks, couple of months, where you know perhaps struggled a little bit. The games that he did come and play, he he, he did well, you know. He, he coped with it in the games, and then from from then on, like this season, just been uh, he's just been brilliant. He just adds something, you know. You always want him full backs or wing backs when he's playing there to to get in the end of the box. He's always break his neck to get into the to the back stick, and um, and find himself in that position. Like you know, it's a it's a hell of a head, a hell of a finish. Keepers not saving that. Keepers in the right position for for a cross. And it's just, yeah, just brilliant from him. Which is movement yeah. that gets him the header because he, he, it was like a centre forward the way. Yeah, he but like I love, I love the way. Like he'll just be like, "Go, oh, I'm going to go into midfield for a bit here," and then he'll go off in a in a, a pocket of space in the middle, and he'll kind of occupy there for a bit, and he just seems to have a real game intelligence just for like a lad who was like twenty, twenty one years old. But but that, I think that's key to the whole team this season because if if opposition sort of analysts and managers are, are trying to sort of analyse Sunderland, a lot of the time it makes it difficult for you to analyse them simply because you're right. It's it, a lot of it's about the intelligence, especially like the, the those front three that I spoke about, the positions they take up. It's not sort of like it, it's not very uh, predictable. And that's not in a just in a random way that it's luck that it happens because they're using, like you said, they're using their intelligence to find spaces and and you know anybody in possession of the ball's looking at forward a little bit quicker and, and trying to get the ball to him a lot earlier. But you're right though, like he's. Um, I mean, I did I did a bit of work with Norland under twenty one, sort of like um, I think it was in October. And obviously, Trey was over there with him, and I I seen a massive difference in his confidence. I don't know whether it was because. He was sort of um, one of the more experienced players in that group, and that he'd been with that group, so like he was, he was more of a leader, but certainly saw more confidence in sort of uh, a, a little bit of, a little bit something that wasn't there when he was when he first came to the club, simply because he's um, he has more confidence. It just felt like he had more confidence in himself. He was more demanding uh, of others, but like I said, in a more positive way, and. Um, yeah, he is going to be a real good asset for the club. And we talk about his goal. We have to, and you said no, keep us safe. And that, um, <clears throat> if if that's Ahmad's last of a game in the stadium, right? Because if we go up, if we go up, I reckon that's a possibility. I think they'll want a Premier League loan for him next year. Um, but that, if that is to be Ahmad's last goal at uh, the stadium, right? I mean, what a what a way to sign off. Is any keeper saving that one, David? No chance. Uh, I I seen somebody. Um... Uh, somebody tweeted us about uh, it was Michael um, tweeting us about um, who was it? Who's the the pundit Irish pundit on Sky? Keith Andrews. Yeah, Keith Andrews. Like you know, he's talking. About, uh, sometimes this happens with, with, with pundits who try and make themselves look or try and make people think they know something about goalkeeping. So they say, "Oh, his footwork wasn't good. Nothing to do with his footwork." You know, he put himself in a position because the ball was touched inside by a pitch. You know, he had to change his position. Uh, that shot and it's just a ridiculous strike you know the the traje- uh, trajectory of the ball just yeah I don't think it's Courtois I'd say Courtois probably his only keeper who's got a chance of saving that one and he's um, yeah and, and it's almost like I don't want to make um, 
Oh, I forget his name. What's the Dutch player used to uh, cutting in his left foot? Iron Robin. Iron Robin, yeah, of course. I mean, it's. I know you're making massive jumps in comparisons, like, but with him and Patrick, everyone in the league knows what they're going to do. Everyone in the league knows what they're trying to do, yet they can't stop it. Um, well, Alan Johnson used to be like that, didn't he, back in the day, where he'd do the same. Yeah. Every time, you know, he's going to cut in from the left and try and find the far corner, and he used to do it, you know, three, four, ten times out of ten. It's like, well, but he's going to do it. He's going to try it ten times. How do you stop it? But I think that, like, I sit right, I sit right in line with the ball for that free kick, and I was thinking when they were standing over, I was like, "You're not going to shoot for me." It's and then <laughs> he just like I couldn't believe it. Like, just left his foot as soon as left his foot it was in. Like, unbelievable. Like, such an incredible strike of the ball, um, the pace and trajectory was just perfect. It was like he made it look easy and it's not that is not easy that's but there's that's that's someone who trains and practices a skill to the point where they can execute it more regularly than than others and I, I guess that's that's a difference between a class player and, and not isn't it and 14 goals for him this season you know when we think back to and he had a rough start as well I mean he didn't really sort of kick on till after the Middlesbrough away game did he um I mean he was out the team um and then he came in and yeah, he's had a little bit of a dip, but he's a winger, so and you can't expect him to be at it every time. You know, he's a young player playing his first season. He's probably knackered as well, like a first, like proper full season of like, you know, intense football in a championship. And you just think, well, I mean, we've had loads of loans over the years, and people will say, "Oh, is that the best? Is that the best loan?" We've had or whatever, but you, you you know, in terms of and yeah, it's it's a championship, and you know we've had really good Premier League loans and stuff, but in terms of the joy that he's brought to people who've gone to watch him and paid the money, you know that's what it's about, isn't it? When you want to go and enjoy and see something special and some of the stuff he's done in tandem with Roberts, in particular, and then whoever, it's been like unbelievable to watch. Um, and it's going to, you know, I mean, my dad, and this is, you know, other people of that sort of generation and, you know, maybe one either side, a lot of them have said, like, this is some of the best football I've seen at Sunderland. And you're talking to people who've watched the game for 50 years. So they're either talking in hyperbole or they're being genuine, so... And yeah, the season might end up. We might end up getting beat on on tomorrow night, Tuesday night, and we 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 don't get the final, or we get the final, we lose the final. But you know, you can't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't detract from what they've what they've given. I think this year, in terms of level of entertainment and enjoyment that that we've had going the match. It's been just a joy to watch. When it clicks, it's just been an absolute joy to watch and. He's been such a player for us, hasn't he? It's been an I mean, absolute pleasure. Pleasure. To watch how many him. times you? How many times you made like a, a primal noise when we scored a goal this year? That's how you got to measure it. On. It's like you know when just and not like and like how many like you think loads of the goals have scored where you just go like, I, like you can't do it. I can't recreate the noise because it's an organic noise, as David said before. It's just amazing. Like it, it, you can't, you can't recreate it's just like what on earth have you just seen there like some of the goals scored you know Redding the, the one against Hull the other week Ahmad's goal against Birmingham where he's he just somehow bent the ball around you know at a right angle into the far corner of the goal and stuff like that you just like how it's just amazing some of the, some of the stuff we've seen this year like yeah absolutely right we'll have a break we'll come back and we'll we'll preview that Luton game <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Wiseman's Here podcast. Right, huge game then. Um, Sunderland, I think... At 1-1, I wouldn't have thought that would have been the worst result in the, in the world because of our away form. Uh, obviously, we're now taking a, a 2-1 lead there. I think we know what's come, don't we? Balls into the box. Bombardment trying to make a really scrappy and ugly. Um, does that leave them open? Because they've kind of got to go for a little bit, haven't they? Now, you're a goal down. You've got to go for it a lot, I would say. Probably not more than a little bit. Massive pressure on them. Is, 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 is it human nature that David? What, what's 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 a manager saying in the in the dressing room when you you're starting a game of a new ninety minutes game and you want you're one nil down essentially? A lot of the time, it's probably just exactly what you think. But I think you know that's you want to make sure that it's actually being a goal up doesn't become a factor. You know, and, and it can be difficult to do that because. It affects the way that's obviously Luton will play. But the only way to do it and the only way to approach these games and probably the way they approach the Sheffield Wednesday game is to, is to to go to win both games. You know, so I know sometimes it can change because if you draw the first game, then it, it becomes a lot clearer in the, in the second game what you've got to do. But going into it, the, the, there's never ever going to be... A, is never ever going to be a case where this Sunderland team is going to go there to defend that lead, because you you are like you said you you're just asking for trouble. But at the same time, if you know the, the biggest threat that they pose to to Sunderland is with the physicality set pieces. We all know that that's how they got the goal. But on the flip side, you know your strength's always your weakness, and the one team that they probably didn't want to play wouldn't have wanted to play. They would have preferred to play against Millwall, I think, than to play against Sunderland, simply because. The way that someone plays, the antidote to the to the way that um, to Luton play, and they are physical and direct, and they can make, but they can mix it up because once they go along, and the spaces start to uh, appear in midfield, then they can start playing through as well. They still got the capability doing that, but they're the one where that you know there is going to be pressure on. There's, they're all going to feel a sense of urgency, and if anybody you know, if anybody's going to hit them on the break and capable of doing that, it's this team, isn't it? I think the way I look at it, it might sound a little bit like simplistic, but we've scored in every away game in 2023 with the exception of the Burnley game and obviously they won the league at the canter. So if we score tomorrow, then Luton need to score three to win the tie. Um, and I think you're spot on with what you're saying there about Sunderland. We don't have the capability to be pragmatic and to sit in and try and get the draw and Mowbray's come out and said words to that effect about we're going to go there and win the game. It's not going to be Yeah, Hume's come out and said that. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's a good thing because you can get caught up in it. And if you go somewhere to try and get a draw, in my opinion, you'll always get beat because it just you, you get up, you become obsessed with it. And then they get the goal, then your game plan comes out the window. But actually, I think that'll suit us because I think even if Luke and do score a goal early doors tomorrow night, we'll keep on playing our game. We'll keep on the front foot and we'll try and keep going to get the goal. But um, as I say, what I think is pleasing as well, we've kind of had a little bit of a a test of this already. So the West Brom game, um, the other week, they start like an absolute house on fire, but we overcame it. We defended it absolutely superbly and we managed that spell brilliantly. We had a similar situation with Luton where, okay, they did score the opening goal of the game, but we only come away with them scoring a the one goal and we got the equaliser and going into half time. We didn't actually want half time because we were really on the front foot and playing some really exciting football. So we've already proven that in these big games, we are capable of kind of mixing up a bit as well and defending really well. And it's not like pragmatism necessarily, but it's everyone fighting for each other. So I think that I'm 
like if you look at it purely from like a rational rational logic viewpoint, I'm actually quite confident on Rover we get the job done for those reasons. Like I say, we've proven time and time again we can stand up with this and we can I know it's a bit of a cringy uh, marketing slogan, but like till the end, and that's what we've done consistently in the last few weeks. You know, we've gone a goal down on quite a few occasions, but it's never once inhibited us in the way we play. And like David said, if Luton leave any gaps to be exploited, we've got the ideal kind of front three to exploit them. And Gellhart, I know he might not be everyone's cup of tea, but some of his touches to get people into the game have been really good the last few weeks. I think, barring obviously that chance he missed at the weekend, which was actually a bit harder when you see the replay of the look in the stadium. I think his overall performance level has increased quite a lot recently. So, as I say, we've got every reason to be confident tomorrow, which sounds crazy given the injuries we have. But I just think it was a great momentum around the club at the minute. And we've proven in historically Sunderland when we have that, we're a very, very hard force to stop. So, that's all we can keep back one. Watford as well, 2 0 down, remember, looking like the season was completely done and you'd. you'd... They just didn't give up and they don't know when to give up. So that that is a thing because, like, it's a good characteristic to have, David, isn't it? Because, you know, like like Mick said, how how often in a big game can a team go one down and then the heads fall off a little bit and and the freeze or the fall or whatever? And it's just, we've this team have got the experience of that happening. It shouldn't phase them because it's happened so much recently, as Mick says. Yeah, and a lot of times you see that, that teams are two 0 down because the the, the the froze, and then all of a sudden they've had this sort of weight that's taken off them, and that's when they start playing. They sort of like don't, uh, one of my old managers and them used to call it like alibi football. It's like you, you you're waiting for an excuse to play well instead of having the balls to do it in the first place, like you know. And um, but that's not the case with this team, though, is it? It's just a case of I, I think a lot of it has gone down to all the setbacks that they've had this season, you know. I mean, losing Alex hasn't hasn't turned out to be a, a setback as such, but all the injuries and everything, Ellis Sims being recalled and things like that. And the fact that every time that's happened, they've adapted and succeeded despite it, then why wouldn't they think that's think that now? Why wouldn't they, you know, go two 0 down and, and still think and get something from the game? And I think that it's 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 to do with all the positive around the club as well, because they're not going two 0 down to Watford, everyone thinks they might have blown it and then everyone's getting on the back and there's, you know, there's descent from the stands and things like that. So, you know, and, and people criticising, that, that's just not happened. So it's sort of like, a, what's the opposite of a vicious cycle? It's the opposite of a vicious cycle. So, friendly, you know, like... Friendly the, 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 well, well, yeah, exactly. Just because, like, you know, whatever happens on the pitch, you know... It, and the fans respond in a positive manner, so then they, that that gives them the belief in the backing as well, and it just still all goes round and round. It's going to be a tough game, isn't it? I mean, regardless, I was kind of thinking <clears throat> they're the most off the ball team I think I've ever seen in my life. I can't remember a team who so good without the ball, but so dreadful on it like then they can't be that bad on the ball to finish third in the league like so my concern would be if they get it together with the ball at the feet on the night because I, I would say i watched that and i thought they had no quality at all like a really low quality team um in terms of somebody who's gonna you know cut us apart with a pass or in terms of moving the ball quickly to disrupt us or anything like that they just they just didn't have they just didn't have anything. So I'm thinking to finish third, they can't have just been on the off the ball stuff. I mean, stats wise, somebody might say, Oh, well, actually, this is why they've been successful, but that that's what it kind of frightens us a little bit where I think, well, surely they can't be that bad again. But at the same time I think, well, if that's them normally, then if they if they're gonna have to make them make the move on us to try and cut us open, um, you know, twice to win the game or three times to get to, to win the game if we score once, that that gives me a lot of confidence because I think you, you just don't look like you've got you just don't like you've got you just don't like you've got the ability to do it. No, I, I think that the fact that um that Rob took on what Nathan all the good work Nathan Jones Nathan Jones made them a difficult side to play against, a real difficult side. And they're probably a little bit less direct than 
they were under Nathan Jones. He's tried to sort of, like I said, you know, they will go direct. They have dial balls. They'll put channel balls in for um, uh, it was Morris. This? Morris, yeah, for him to hold up because he's brilliant. Great holding the ball up, especially if you pump down the line and you've got to defend up his back, he'll hold the ball in. They will do that just for the majority of the time, but like I said, they are capable. A few times I've seen this season, once the space is open in midfield, then they, they can try and play it through there if, if the uh, if it is on. But like players like Gab, uh, Gabriel Osho, I worked with him at uh, he was on loan at, at Rotherham. I, I, I worked there for a few months before before I came to Sunderland, and he's somebody who's like unbelievable on the ball, really comfortable on the ball. But obviously, it's not what he's being asked to do. And the thing is, though, with, with, with them and I know Robert, I played with Robert um, at Barnsley and I know in his previous jobs, even when he's worked in National League, things like that, you know, and he's come from a development football background as well. He'd want to play a lot more football. But the thing is, when they do what they do, they're effective with it. And where they finish shows they're effective. So it's, it, it, I can't see them doing anything other than, than what they have done. A virtuous circle, David, is the opposite. A virtuous circle. A virtuous circle is the opposite of a vicious circle, says Google. Um, right, so I, I, I'm with Gareth a little bit where you kind of worry, like you think they've got to be a little bit better at some point of like pinning our def- our def- I mean, did you, did you ever think Linda Gooch would be a centre-half, David? <laughs> no, but you know what? He, he's got, he, he's tenacious. Do you know what I mean? You give him that job to do. He's physical. He's strong, isn't he, as well? He is strong, man. He's like a little bulldog, like, you know. And um, I've said in the past how much I love uh, love uh, Gucci, but it, yeah, he, he will stick to that job, like, you know. But I think the whole, the way that the team is now and what helps them out against, especially against side against Luton, is that they've had, because they've had all these different parts subtracted from the side, the less static is a, you know, whatever formation they play, it's less static. It's a, it's a lot more difficult to play against. Everything's more fluid. But like I said, you know, you, likes of him, Luke 09, um, Trey, you know, not massively physical in stature, but, um, you know, in attitude, the more they make up for it. Does so? Is this? Uh, will it help that we were involved in the playoffs last year? That we've won at Wembley twice in the in in the last couple of years? Because I know personnel change. I was like, it's a myth um, that 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 this will be the case. I mean, I'm just having a look here. So I, I checked to see if Hume was playing that Chef Word game because I was sure he did, but he was on the bench. But Patterson, Gooch, um, Patrick Roberts, Luke or Nine, Alex Pritchard, Jack Clark, um, were all in that team. Dan Neal was on the bench, you know. The, 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 Dennis was he? Dennis, uh, yeah, yeah but he's obviously, there. I don't know if he's going to be fit. Yeah, so I'm just looking at the players who played for us the other night, and they, these players were all involved in that, and they've had a couple of Wembley wins. And does this make a difference? Because we had that bloody Wembley monk, monk you know, back for years, didn't we? Hmm. Now we're flying. Oh. Two, two, two wins in the last two visits. Yeah, I, I think it's. Um... It will it will be a factor simply because the type of players that the or the type of characters that they are. It's not like because they've won there, they think, yeah, we will win now. And as long as we get a win, then we will win. But it's just known that they can can win it. And and that's a different kind of belief. And I think that um yeah, going into these games, it can look like I mean, it can never work against you, really. There might be some complacency from some people, but just not from these. And um, yeah, I just I, I, does it help in terms of the <clears throat> that you know, obviously, sports psychology, visualization, all that kind of thing. These lads don't need to visualize, and like, if you can recreate, we'll we'll go. We're staying at this hotel. We're getting the ground at this time. When you go in the dressing room. You know you've been in it. You know yeah. what to expect. All that kind of stuff. You've done it. It's like it's like you fail your driving test the first time. You know you do it the second time. At least you know what it's like when you get the test center. What you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not a really like soft comparison, but it's like the does the pressure come off you a bit because you know you know what to expect from the day and everything around it. 
Yeah, there, there is that, and I don't know whether I mean there was. I don't know how many of the the group or the certainly the the match day squad last year played in the um, the Czech cup trade. final. Yeah, the Czech Papa John's even whatever. Yeah, it was called. The, the year before, but last season, I think I've said this on a before. The biggest thing that I noticed and that I remember from that is that there was no there was no sort of there was no hype around it. There was no everything was just hyper normalized. You know, training sessions were exactly the same. Um, the only difference, the only difference I can think about that that week was like having to deal with tickets, players having to deal with tickets. That and that was it. And like that atmosphere around training, nothing changed. Got the hotel. Yeah, it was a different hotel that we we'd stayed in when we'd been down London before. That that didn't make any difference. The meal times was like you know, the atmosphere around the semi-finals and the final. Was just the same as it was three or four weeks before, and that there was no talk about you know go. It wasn't any talk about going up. You know, oh, what if we win? Oh, it'd be great if we win. There was nothing. It was just solely focused, blinkers on, just concentrating the match, and then that was it. And it, I think, it showed in the the way the two teams um, in the final. So it was it was like it was Wickham's final. And I felt a few of their players froze and, and weren't as effective as, as what they, they have been in the past. And obviously our players just like, it was it was just like a normal game to them. Hagen Fenno's come out and said that, was. hasn't he? He's, he? I listened he? to a podcast last week and he said too many of their players played the occasion. They bigged it up so much. They bigged it well, up so well, much. Well, do you know what? There was, yeah, there was a little thing about um, Tafazoli, who was the, uh, the central defender, like, you know, and... You know, I don't know if you've seen. He does this He's thing got on YouTube, YouTube channel, yeah. yeah, like kids love it and all that. And it's you know, it's you know, on the face of it, what he's doing is great. Like you know, but it's like just felt like he was building things up as well. Like you know, and um, it wasn't. Like, don't get me wrong. Like it might build up to be a big achievement for we can be there. But like they've been a championship club the, the season before. They were a decent side. Like you know, they were, what Gareth had built there was was brilliant considering and I think that's you know there's a few things and I think that's sort of a few of the players maybe felt that felt that they were building it up and um and like I said it, it seemed to affect them more than it did us the, the occasion anyway right let's I'm gonna just we're gonna gonna go around and say what people think and we'll get 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 some predictions from 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 people um I'm gonna start because I don't want to be Influenced by anybody else's decision, I'm just going to get out of there straight away. What's weird for me is I still can't. You've just mentioned players visualizing something there, Gareth. I still can't visualize as a Wembley. I just can't imagine. I got, it's still too surreal that we're even here because the expectation was so low. I haven't visualized myself being at Wembley. I, I, I can't help but thinking, oh, it won't happen in the end. It won't happen in the end. That said, I can't say it's losing again, which means we will get there. Like, I just can't. I, I, I think we'll go there, and the minimum we will get is a score draw. My opinion. There you go. Gareth, you next. Uh, I think it's another win 2 1. Okay. So, book your, your digs. You're the most. You said start you were starting uh, I, 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 th- I think exactly the same. I think the score will be 2 1 as well. And um, and I think it'll it'll almost happen exactly the same. I think I think they'll probably get the first goal. And then I think we'll get two quick goals in the, either in the first or the second half. In it. And then that'll be it. I think this is just purely because of the nerves I'm feeling. I feel like we'll do it, but I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw where we actually take the lead and we kind of think it's done. And then they'll get a goal about 80 minutes and then the last 10 minutes is going to be absolutely horrible. But I think we'll ultimately do it. So, the, the, you know, then we can talk, we've talked about how our odds were 3% of qualifying for the playoffs. I think it was after the... Um... <clears throat> Uh, or the statistically, it was a three percent chance of Sunderland qualifying for the playoffs after the Stoke game. I think it was. Um, you know, statistically, I would say it's like like it would. I would say it's more. It's highly unlikely we won't score. I would say we'll because, like you say, Mick, we've scored in every way. Our way forms in top three, I think, in the division. Um, and you know the, we score goals, so it's like Moby said at half time. I think we're one nil down West Brom. Well, if you score once, you'll score again. So that, and it just feel like we'll score, like I say that, and we'll get beat three 0 won't we? So <laughs> no, but I, th- I think even like even though 
we were slight favourites to win the game at home. Luton overall was still the favourites to to go through. And I think there's probably a lot of people still expecting that as well. They are. The things I've been listening to, they are. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I'm just I'm I'm just curious as to where that comes from because I'm not I'm not like um trying to denigrate Luton because I mean they finished third. You know, I mean, got eighty points, eleven points more than us. Um we haven't beaten them this season apart from before before uh, Saturday. Um just think you know, the the four how many times you know, we were on the Stephen end of it, <coughs> Crystal Palace. You know, in two thousand and three four <coughs> excuse me, three, four. You know, where they sneak into sixth from you know, low mid table. How many times a team that sneaks into sixth and you know, I was look, looking at some stats around, you know, occupation, days of occupation of teams in the playoffs. Sunderland have spent 16 days in the top six this season. And um, I think Luton had spent about 110 or something. I think Coventry had spent 17 days in the playoffs. So, um, Look at Jeffrey Wednesday this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Redden spent more days in the playoffs than Sunderland this yeah. season. <laughs> um, right, well... Look, hopefully we're back to. We'll be back preview. anyway. Yeah, but hopefully it's to preview another game. Yeah, hopefully we'll preview another game. <laughs> it God, is mad. Uh... It is mad indeed. Right. Okay. Oh, right. This is it. As always, thanks for listening. <laughs> Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.